very good evening and welcome to the Midland Park Gospel Hall Gospel meeting. Thank you for coming. I'm uh, a little embarrassed to say that this is only my the second time I believe I've taken the platform for the gospel meeting. God willing, I'll be able to take more readings later. If you can turn with me, please, to two passages in the Word of God, and I'll read the first one: Hebrews, Hebrews, chapter twelve, verse one and two, and. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm sure after this morning everyone is very familiar where to turn. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And our next reading will be Second Timothy. Second Timothy and chapter four. 2 Timothy and chapter 4, and we'll read from verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now may the Lord bless this precious word and all subsequent readings. So, let me uh, begin by saying that uh, there was no collusion involved. I did not speak with either Dave Zudema or Andrew Gardner regarding the passages. So it is by the leading of the Spirit that uh, we have been focusing on the book of Hebrews today. And uh, the reason I wanted to choose Hebrews chapter 12 is, um, as I'm sure most of us are familiar, Paul has uh, many references with regards to um, racing throughout the Word of God. So there's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we read 2 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, the writer to the Hebrews has also made mention here in uh, chapter 12. And I was just thinking, because uh, as most of us are probably familiar, just last week was the end of the Olympics. And, you know, uh, perhaps some of us, you know, take note, you know, there were plenty of athletes that came around the world uh, who took part in many competitions. And, um, uh, I, I'm not sure how you know. Perhaps most of um, you know most of those who come here uh, consider the Olympics. It's um, you know I think uh, coming here. There's a lot of Americans, and the USA tends to dominate a lot of the uh, events. And you know I come from a country where historically we've only ever had six medals. 
and two of them we just got. So you know, we, we you know we're just not very good athletes. Um, and you know, it, so the, you know, over the course of the Olympics, it's you know, I'm, I'm hoping that if you've paid attention, you've also considered, you know, where the Word of God talks about things concerning you know racing or or, or, or the body in general. And and I remember uh, fondly with uh, Mr. Denley, who's uh, been called home, that uh, when we talk about it, obviously, First Timothy chapter four verse eight comes up, which is uh, for bodily exercise profiteth little. But uh, godliness is profitable unto all things. Um, but the analogy of the runner, I think, is is a, a very easy image, and um, uh, I'm not going to be focusing a lot on Second Timothy. But there's a lot of different examples that we're familiar with in there. You know, of a soldier, but there's one there particularly of a runner, and. And I think it's, it's a useful image, as, as we can read here in Hebrews chapter 12. Why? It's something that's easy for us to relate to, right? For, for, for those of us who you know, uh, are a little bit older, perhaps we're not racing anymore, but, but you know, we've all at one time partaken in a race for, uh, for whatever reason. And it's something you can think about, like, okay, you know, I know where to start, I know where I'm ending. And so it's something you can visualize very easily. And so when... We talk about the race. You understand what he's ta- what the what the writer is talking about, and um, uh, you know. I mean, I'm clearly not very athletic, but some of us perhaps have partaken in in the marathon, and you know that you know a marathon's a little bit different, right? It's not a sprint. It's not something you just okay. I'm going to have a burst of energy, and that's it. But a marathon is something that you you really got to kind of pace yourself and go all the way. And, and it's the image that is set before us here in verse 1, um, when the writer says, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And uh, most of these passages... Um, you know, you, you'll forgive me for taking a little bit of liberty because most of these passages, to be honest, relate to the believer, right? But I like to put an analogy to the unbeliever. So there may be those among you who may not have yet trusted in Christ. What has this got to do with me? And my question back is, what race are you running? Because here, if you're a believer, there's something that you can look forward to. And we're all quite familiar with uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 13 and 14, where it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and there be few that find it. And really, even though the Hebrew writer talks about a particular path, if you think about what Matthew is talking about, it's the narrow path. But there's also a broad path. And the question is, what race have we been running and um, I'm going to move a little bit away from the race analogy Uh, I'm thinking have you ever 
found yourself answering something and you only realize later you're answering the wrong question. I've had this before, you know, I, uh, I've taken a test and you know I come out and I'm thinking, oh wow, you know, I've answered that question really well and yet when I start talking to my friends, you know, they're like, oh, you've totally misunderstood the question. You know, I, I was supposed to answer it one way, but really, answer the other way. It's, I'm completely off the wrong track. And uh, there was an occasion in the Olympics recently, I, you know, I don't remember specifically which one, and there were, you know, there was the guy who crossed the first line, okay, clearly he got first, and there was a guy who crossed the second, crossed it second. But the third guy who crossed it was disqualified. What happened? Uh, apparently he, you know, didn't do it properly. There was a lame disqualification. It wasn't right. There was a race in the past, uh, you know, I don't remember these things well. I think uh, one of the runners, ben, ben Johnson, and he crossed over the first line. Everyone thought, oh wow, this is a guy who got the gold medal. And later they found he was taking drugs. And he was disqualified. Um, he didn't do it properly. And when we think of Hebrews chapter 12 here, and this morning you know, we had uh, a few times where I think Brother Andrew was talking about uh, great men of faith, you know, uh, examples of Christians before us. And that's where we start with verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Why? Because we're looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The, the word that finisher re- re- refers to the word perfecter. And, and I was thinking also, actually, uh, Andrew Zudema was talking about being righteous. And, you know, Isaiah tells us that without Christ, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we think of verse 1 here, where the Hebrew writer says, The sin which doth so easily beset us. You know, we sang the song, Savior of sinners, sinners like me. Sin seems to come so easily to me. And I don't want to spend time talking about, you know, I hope that I don't have to explain that everyone recognizes we're all sinners. We have need for salvation. And it's just like Ben Johnson. You know, it, and if you permit me the liberty, it's imagine if you, you know, a lot of people think that uh, I'm trying to make my way to heaven. And I come from a society where, where it's full of, of religion by works. And they think that, you know, as good as I am, I'll be able to get and do my way, and, you know, to go to heaven. And yet, you know what will happen when they go there? It'll be like Ben Johnson with the drugs. You're going to be disqualified. Because all the righteousness that you think that you have done on your own, 
are as filthy rags. There is nothing that you can do without Christ that would qualify you for heaven. So, what race are you running? Who are you running for? And two, because we're all living a life. And, you know, if we go back to thinking about a race, mankind loves to cheat. And I'm thinking, imagine a 400 meter race, and I think we're all familiar with the track. You're going to run a race, and you're starting from one side, and you have to go all the way round to the other end to complete it. You know what mankind think? We think that, oh, you know what, I'm at the starting line. You know, the starting line is also the finishing line. If I just kind of loop back a little bit, I've already run the race. And that's it. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that sin besets us ever so easily. But there was one man, one God, one mediator between God and man the man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for many the author and finisher of our faith the perfecter we're all imperfect because of our sin and yet there is only one who was perfect the only one who has already finished that race before us and for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame there was one who because he loved each and every one of us would be willing to lay down his life you know uh, over the course I've been talking with Mei and sometimes we're wondering what happens if you're in a race with someone who you know is clearly better. Let's say, you know, I'm swimming with Michael Phelps. And you're wondering, you know, you know we really, why, you know, am I really going to bother? Why should I bother running this race at all? You know, and here, the Hebrew writer tells us, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You know, someone who's got to be in that race and you're thinking, Man, it's going to be hard to beat Michael Phelps. But when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, when He came down, every step He took, every breath He took, He knew He was getting closer to one place, which was the cross. He knew He was going to die for the sin of the world. Can you imagine what that must take? I'm already wondering, if I'm in a pool with Michael Phelps, man, am I even going to bother wasting my time? And the Lord Jesus Christ, because of His love for us, continued on. You know, we, we, we always remember in the breaking of bread, you know, the agony in that Garden of Gethsemane. But even before that, here was one who knew that His destiny was to die upon the cross for us. And yet, He did it for me. He did it for you. And yet, for some of us, 
That's not a race that we're willing to run. And you have to wonder, if you're not running in that race, what race are you running towards? Because to be honest, the other place that you're running to, I wouldn't go that fast. It's a place of torment. It's a place of fire. Why would you be hurrying there? And yet the option is to run the other way, to look onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I read too Second Timothy chapter six. And I thought it was a privilege for Paul in chapter six, uh, you know, when he says, I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. The time of my departure is at hand. And I thought, really, that's a privilege, because most of us really don't know when we're going. Um, And uh, some of you may know, I I work in in a fairly uh, dangerous industry. You know, it's it's very similar to the construction industry. And uh, we have a lot of... um, Injuries. It's in, in fact that you know safety is a it's a big thing in my company. Uh, unfortunately, you know we, sometimes we don't do as well as we would like, um, and so it's a metric we, we, we tend to keep track of. And uh, we actually last year, on average, you know, kind of had you know in throughout the course of the year about one out of every eighty eight people go home injured, which is which is not something we're proud of, but. Uh, just last month, something even more tragic happened. We had um, we had a man, uh, a contractor who was working for us, and uh, he he was killed on the job. You know, he was he was a he wasn't he was a very experienced man in the industry. He was about mid forties, wife and two kids, and you know, as far as we know, apparently we heard you know he was a great guy. Community loved him. And in fact, he, he actually wasn't involved with uh, what occurred. He, he was actually, um, you know, we had kind of two truck drivers, and it wasn't his turn, and he was coming out to help, and, you know, an accident occurred, and we medevaced him out, and, and, and unfortunately, he, you know, it was too late for him. It's a very somber thing. And here, here's a man, I don't think, you know, you know, you're going to work. That's all, and, you know, he's been working. It's, And yet, he, he, he didn't go home that day. Like, I don't know what his, you know, his personal beliefs were. But when something like that happens, you should reevaluate. And, you know, we sang almost persuaded because I'm sure there are many here today. You've heard this message before. You know about salvation. You know about sin. You know about your need. How many of us are almost persuaded? And here's Paul. He knows the time of his departure is at hand. And yet, how wonderful he can say, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I've kept the faith. Therefore, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. A crown of righteousness. 
You know, the First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, when, when Paul talks about the crown there, he talks about people who chase after a corruptible crown. But how wondrous for believers, there is an incorruptible crown. And so what race are you running? What are you looking forward to? And, you know, and May and I were talking about it, you know, how, you know, perhaps some people, if you know how much time you have left, let's say, oh, okay, if I had a year left to live, what would I do? You know, for a believer, how wondrous it is. There really, you know, perhaps maybe there's some earthly things you want to do, but really, our eternal occupation is, is to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something we can do. There's really nothing that is even better out there. You know. I hope being saved at some point, maybe at an appropriate time, is not on your bucket list. That you're not being almost persuaded. That instead, like the writer to the Hebrews, says you can look onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. One who not only died for you, but he ends the verse that is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God.